Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Welcome to a new episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that today is a special episode. It's our first ever live episode. Just yesterday, Sunday, September 15th, we recorded live in front of a crowd at the Sin City Horror Fest. We did the movie The Head, which is a feature filmed here in Las Vegas from director Michael Keane. And uh, we did it in front of a crowd right after the screening at the movie theater at the Brendan Palms uh, Theater at the Palms Casino here in Las Vegas. Uh, It was an awesome experience. Um, Those of you who know me know that I've done plenty of live stuff over the years, uh, whether it was the live shows with Bird Road or back with my old comedy rap stuff, which we try to not talk about too much. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I've been in front of crowds before, but not with piecing it together. And I was very excited to finally get a chance to do a live show. And I think it went pretty damn good. You're about to hear it in this conversation. Uh, Joining me for the episode, we had one of the festival's organizers, Drew Marvick, who's also a uh, filmmaker himself. And we had a friend of the show, Josh Bell, film critic, host of Awesome Movie Year, and... uh, guy who hates everything, although he uh, liked this movie, I believe. So we will get into this conversation about The Head in just a second, and uh, I guess I should set it up too, uh, since The Head, just so you know, is not uh, commercially available yet, but it will be distributed soon, and once it is, I hope you guys listen to this, we don't really get into spoilers too much on it, uh, but we will reshare this once it is out in release and all that. So that way you can, uh, you can check it out after having seen it like we normally do with the show. Um, however, the head is kind of a throwback to, uh, shot on video horror movies of like the eighties and all that. And it's uh, just a totally just wacky, crazy, ridiculous, gory, like just crazy, horror movie, comedy horror movie. So that's what you're getting into right now. Uh, We will get into it plenty in the conversation. I do want to remind you, make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. Uh, If you're enjoying the show, if you're new to the show, if you found out about it because of this live episode, we'd love to hear what you think of the show. So uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or just uh, connect with us on social media at Piecing Pod or join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, and get in touch. We also are always looking for new co-hosts. So, uh, again, new to the show, welcome. Let's get to the conversation. (laughs) 
right, so let's get this thing started. Uh, we are doing our first ever live episode of Piecing It Together podcast. I'm David Rosen, for those of you who don't know me. Uh, this is a movie podcast about movies and the movies that inspired them. We usually take a look at a new movie, and uh, I have one guest on usually, sometimes two, uh, and we, we, we look at a movie and break it down and uh, try to figure out those inspirations, and it's a you know, different kind of take on a movie podcast. And uh, with me today to talk about The Head, which uh, I, I don't know, did all of you work on, or did most of you work <laughs> on? I'm not sure, but uh, definitely a lot of people here worked on it. Uh, but we're going to be talking about it, and with me, we've got a regular uh, from my Piecing It Together podcast. We've got film critic Josh Bell. How's it going, Josh? Oh, it's going well. I'm so intimidated by this large audience of people. Look at these people. At this Look at them. taping. We're going to tell everyone who worked on this movie about their own movie. Yeah. And what <laughs> we think of it. We, we got to keep it nice, I think. But what? All right. We can do that. <laughs> well, also joining us is uh, Drew Marvick, who is an organizer of this festival here that we're at, and a filmmaker, and uh, first time on the show. Hello, and also a part of the cast of the head just to <laughs> you were in this movie take it full circle jesus yes. christ yeah no everyone yeah. <laughs> i was not although i was you were thanked in the, the credits yeah, so. so i guess really right. you're the lone one out here all we, right we well, are all the head i hope the head team will welcome me into their bosom um so yeah uh this was I, I got to watch this about a week ago, Josh. I think you did as well. And then uh, I just watched it again with the uh, with the crowd, which was, you know, a little bit of a different experience for this kind of a movie. I mean, this is definitely that kind of a movie, if you know what I mean. It's it's the kind of movie you want to see with a crowd. You wanna you wanna hear that audience laughing at just like the sheer ridiculousness of everything happening at this kind of uh you know, just a homage to B movies and 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 that crazy era of of uh, VHS-based horror film. And uh, what did you guys... <laughs> you know, I'm going to go to Drew first, since he was in it. What did you think the first time you like finished watching this thing? How many times have you watched it, Drew? Uh, twice now. Okay. okay. I, I've, I've seen the film twice, and I still, I'm still not sure what I think. <laughs> There's so many different thoughts and emotions that go through my head. That's every, fair. Every time, every time I see it. But I... But I love it. Yeah, I mean, it's the it is the kind of movie that I that I really enjoy. I think Michael and I have um, we're kindred spirits in 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 that regard. He goes way deeper than I do. Like his love for shot on uh, for like SOV shot on video films in general and horror goes super deep. Like we every conversation we have, we start off on the same page. And then uh, he loses me completely, <laughs> and and then I just feel dumb. This kind of movie, this, this kind of movie, it like so. I always think to myself, like I love this, you know. And then I start watching these movies, and I'm <laughs> and like, I'm like, do don't? do I love this? And then I love when one grabs me, and I do. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm in. And this one, it really actually did grab me like that. Like it, it just, it just kept getting weirder and kept getting more ridiculous. And it, 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 it really leans into it so much in such a fun way. I think. It is very much its own unique thing, and that's always appreciated, I think. I mean, as someone who sees a lot of movies, as I'm sure we all do, like it's way more interesting for me 
and exciting for me to watch a movie that's unique, uh, even if not everything about it works, uh, than a movie that's barely trying and is not anybody's vision or anything like that. So Absolutely. Yeah, I have a lot of respect for this kind of thing. Well, what we do on this show is we, we call the movies that are the inspirations. We call them puzzle pieces. That's for those of you who have never listened before. I want to explain how it all works. We're going to get into some puzzle pieces now. And a little bit later, uh, the film's director is going to come up and talk to us as well uh, about those inspirations, the ones that we got right and any that we maybe missed along the way. So with that said, let's jump into it. Uh, let's start with Josh. Uh, Josh, what do you got for your first puzzle piece? Well, I want to say first, I think the, the post-screening Q&A may have spoiled some of the things that we're going to talk about, <laughs> at least one thing that I w will mention. And uh, and you and I also were talking a little earlier about there's there's some definite influences on this movie that I'm aware of, but they're not movies that I've seen. So I don't know uh, about bringing those up. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, um, I think I'm going mostly with ones because I actually have we're going to do two each here and I have more than that. But then also there are ones that I thought of that I'm like, well, I, I don't really know that movie that well, but it certainly came to mind, you know. So I, I think that speaks to like what you're talking about there. Yeah. What I'll start with a movie that I have seen that hopefully uh, wasn't mentioned. Um, and that is uh, Computer Chess. The uh Andrew Bajalski film. And I was trying to think as I was watching this movie, uh, because this is a movie that was shot on VHS deliberately to kind of echo uh, a time period and an aesthetic and was where Michael went and got the actual equipment that someone might have used to make a movie like this back in the day. And, and Computer Chess, which is a very different kind of movie, like story-wise but was also set in a very, very specific time in a very specific kind of world and was shot. And I don't know all the technical specs on it, but it's it's far more difficult to find than a VHS. But Bajalski uh, found a camera that was used. Uh, it's, it's I forget what the brand is, but it was a very like narrow period of time in the 80s. It's really hard to find and really hard to use, but it was like he had to have it in order to make this movie about these characters in this. It's, and it's about a computer chess tournament in the 80s of, right. of these bulky old computers playing chess. Um, so that is a movie that I had seen and that had the same kind of nostalgic-ish feel to it, but also in a really, like, nerdy, weird, niche way that sure. very few people will understand. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think I'm going to ask him later uh, about the score as well, because, I mean, it, it feels at least like it's using, like, real classic synths on that. I mean, like, as talking about using classic cameras, it seems like they really went all in on that. Yeah. We'll find out. And <laughs> so, yeah, and then quickly connected to that, I did think of, a, I was thinking of a recent shot on VHS movie, uh, which is uh, Harmony Korine's Trash Humpers. Oh, nice. But, um, <laughs> which I think maybe has a similar similar aesthetic and, and tone and everything, but I have not seen it. And um, I was even going to try to see it before this, but it's not readily accessible. Mm. So, Drew, but I wanted to bring it up anyway. What do you think about, uh, did, have you seen Computer Chess? I, I haven't. Okay. No. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. So I, have I saw Trash Humpers. Nothing to add. <laughs> at all. Oh, you've seen Trash? Is Trash Humpers similar then? I, I think so. Like it's been a while, but yeah, there's just like that, like weirdness. I mean, I wouldn't say similar exactly, but yeah, you know, definitely that aesthetic a little bit. So, uh, well, yeah, Drew, why don't we go on to your first puzzle piece? Well, I think. I mean, I have 
I have answers that I could give knowing Michael and being involved with the film. I could give you answers that I think would be correct. Mm-hmm. It's not but, a game show. But they, yes, <laughs> but because there aren't prizes, yeah. I'm not going to cheat. Um, and, I, and I'll say um, the first film that, that I was reminded of, even from reading the script and, and hearing Michael's pitch from the beginning and then being on set and, have, and then finally seeing the, the film is, is uh, John Waters' Desperate Living which is one of my favorite movies and has been for a really long time. And something about the world that Michael was creating just really reminded me, I mean, of John Waters in general, but sure. specifically Desperate Living and just the the characters and just and the way that it's it's set in, a, in our world or a world that, that we're familiar with, but, but like just outside of it, like an area of our world that where everything's just a little a little off and the characters <laughs> yeah. are, are a little off and nothing is quite normal but it's grounded in this reality so much like in desperate living you know they cross you know you cross a border and suddenly you are in queen carlotta's land and everything's just a little di- just a little different and that's what i i kind of felt that way with with the head yeah for sure i i haven't seen it since like high school it's been a long time but absolutely that 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 John Waters thing and and uh, and yeah, I mean it commits to it so much, you know, like with <laughs> all that like all that uniqueness, you know, so to speak. What about you, uh, Josh? What do you think about that? Yeah, I was gonna. I mean, John Waters is is one of the topics that I was gonna mention, and uh-huh. I actually we I think someone brought up multiple maniacs in the the Q and A, uh-huh. and I was watching part of it the other day, and I didn't have time to finish it, and I've seen a lot of later crappier or maybe crappier isn't the wrong word, but sort of more sanitized and mainstream John Waters movies. Sure. But I haven't seen those like early crazy out there ones. Um, But I'm familiar enough with what they're doing that it definitely is something that I thought of while watching this. Sure. Well, uh, I'm going to go with my first puzzle piece. Uh, I actually have, like I said, I got, I got a bunch to pick from, but I'm going to go with a really, really obvious one because I think it's worth bringing up, but that is reanimator. Um, I mean, of course, you know, this is a movie about a, uh, a demonic head and it does uh, give head at one point. And of course, in Reanimator, uh, you know, there's a head giving head. And also, but aside from that, uh, there's just a, a real just kind of all out like craziness to the to the the violence the gore the performances everybody's just you know it kind of goes back to the John Waters saying I mean everybody is just so off you know everybody's just so just strange throughout the whole movie um and so I I think on on multiple levels I I I thought of reanimator yes (laughs) yeah (laughs) and yeah what a great thing to think of I love reanimator yeah absolutely I mean you know uh there's not going to be too many times to see uh, heads giving head. I mean, no. <laughs> we talked we talked about Reanimator on another episode we did, and I can't remember what it was now. And you said that your dad had suggested it. Yeah, that's right. What movie was that? Oh, that was uh, Overlord. That's right. Yeah, right. Me and my dad went and saw Reanimator the musical, um, and he was very very excited about it. <laughs> well, I wish I saw Reanimator the musical. Was that in Vegas? I think it was at the Smith Center. If I'm not what? making this up right now, anybody want to confirm that? Uh, yeah, I really think it was. All right, Josh, why don't we go on to your next uh, puzzle piece? Well, actually, I think this is connected to the Reanimator theme and the movie. I've seen Reanimator, but it's been a while. Um, but the movie that I thought of was Frankenhooker, which is uh, 
another it's from i think maybe 1990 or, or maybe the early 90s some somewhere around there uh maybe slightly later than the era that this movie is trying to emulate mm. but is another movie about a nerdy weirdo who just kind of kills a bunch of people <laughs> in order to satisfy his strange sexual connection with a woman-ish thing. Um, <laughs> and I think it has it has a similarly, like Reanimator, again, it's been a while. I remember it being maybe slightly more serious at times. Mm -hmm. And Frankenhooker is just crazy sure. constantly. And I think it had more of the like ridiculous, uh, over-the-top humor that this movie has or that it, you know, it, it has in its best moments, I sure. think. So, uh, yeah. And I just like saying Frankenhooker. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, not, never enough times to say that. Word. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about that one, Drew? I love Frankenhooker. Yeah. And she is all woman. Just so you know. <laughs> um, wow. I, I, I think that right now it, anyone that's listening should really want to see the head. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm thinking. I'm just sitting here thinking, wow, this is, like John Waters' version of Reanimator and Frankenhooker, like that. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to see that? That's my new favorite movie. Yeah, that is pretty damn exciting. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, what do you got for your uh, your next one, Drew? Uh, my next puzzle piece um, is an an actual shot on video film from the eighties that was that is set in Las Vegas. So it's something that that I, I didn't think of necessarily when the film was being made, but watching it it reminded me of it. Um, and it's called Las Vegas bloodbath. I don't know if either of you. Wow. I thought I'd seen like every movie set in Las Vegas, but I have not heard of that. I don't know how many people have ever actually seen it. Um, and I, and I wish I knew the real history of it. Um, I, I'm was trying to do some research for a little while, but it's, it's a shot on, it's a shot on VHS horror movie. And the story that I know, um, from its, its Genesis is it was, I heard that it was someone that had a um, an oil wrestling team mm. here of, of women that would like mud wrestle and oil wrestle, and it was he created this movie to promote them. And so there, there is an actual team. There's these women that are oil wrestlers, and it goes into a weird subplot for a while. That's almost a commercial for them. So I believe this this story, but I don't know that it's 100 percent true. But it's just basically a a really strange. Vegas-based shot-on-video horror movie about a, a character whose wife cheats on him and he loses his mind and goes on a killing spree, and which that part of it isn't like it, but just seeing uh, the Vegas landscape and uh, shot on VHS, it's just something that it just reminded me of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I certainly haven't heard it. Anyone in this audience heard of that movie? No? Not even... Michael Keane, director of The Head. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good pull. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, all right, I'm going to go with uh, another puzzle piece here. Uh, and I was almost going to go with Evil Dead. I, I bring up Evil Dead a lot. Literally every <laughs> single episode <laughs> I know, I've ever I, done. It, it happens a lot. I'm going to go with, with, with the, uh, the, the other Evil Dead. I'm going to go with Dead Alive instead. Because, you know, in this one, you got this, this weird kind of just weirdo guy his mom you know is a part of you know part of it he has to bring home you know people to for it to feed on for for the creatures in his basement to feed on the zombies um so yeah I, a lot of a lot of dead alive uh in in the uh the plot of this and 
also, I mean, I, I just think it has that same kind of mix of, of comedy and horror. You know, it just it really like kind of just goes for for total go for broke, ridiculous, over the topness. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can see. I mean, you're not, you're still just like picking out of a, a hat full of my favorite movies, <laughs> it seems. But I can totally see that. Uh, the humor is very much the same. And it, and the way something that I really appreciate and I try to do as well is using the horror for the humor is something that I like to do. Like sometimes people separate it and they try to write funny dialogue, but then they then they have gore and horror. Yeah. And I and I think there's a way to blend them. And I think there's something about horror that can be really funny. Sure. And yeah. I think uh, Michael in in the head really really did that did that well. And it's hard it had, and I think it would have been hard not to in a sense. I mean, seeing that it is that there is a mannequin head, you know, <laughs> slurping slurping blood. It's hard to make make it super serious. Yeah. But but he managed to make it genuinely funny. Speaking of speaking of the slurping, I, I like I like the the method that he chose to uh to make the blood like slowly go away as it's slurping off. It's like just the most ridiculous possible editing <laughs> method for that. <laughs> it's pretty great. Um you know what? We we have time. Do you guys have one more each? If we were to do like a quick lightning round before we bring them out? Yeah, I have. A, I mean, I can do a quick one. Cool. But the third thing that I had prepared was something that was talked about a lot in the Q and A right afterwards, which is Psycho. Okay. Um, and the the mother relationship in this movie, um, the main character isn't impersonating his mother, but and the mother is alive at the beginning and then is not. But the um, the keeping of the mother's corpse and the way he's arguing with the mother, sure. uh, even though she's no longer alive, and he's kind of becoming more unhinged, maybe even because she's not alive, and despite her clear craziness and forcing him to have sardines and milk, um, maybe she was keeping him together in some way. So, uh, yeah, so Psycho um, was the last thing that I had. You guys watch this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Great. Anything to add to that, Drew? Great answer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had another one, and this is also just like my last answer. I don't, it's not something that I necessarily think would have influenced Michael, but it's something that I thought of when I was, that the movie reminded me of, and uh, it's the movie Street Trash, which is, if you haven't seen it, go watch Street Trash. It's one of my favorite movies, but it has um, over the, the, the over-the-top characters for sure exist in Street Trash, but it's also just the use of, it's just really dirty and grimy and and gross at times, like the what Street Trash is for sure, and, and I think Michael in the head like the sardines and milk. There's certain things that just that are just really off putting and gross and but like in a way that makes you smile. Right. Or makes me smile. I shouldn't yeah. speak for anyone else. I think else, I might actually. have gagged while yeah. watching that sardines and milk scene. But like but a yeah, gag in, smile. in a good way, yeah. Yeah. I smiled. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, definitely I've I got a a street it made me want to watch Street Trash again when I get home. <laughs> Right on. Well, I'm going to do what we call the finished puzzle, which is just reading down the list of all the movies we just talked about, and then we'll bring Michael Keane out. Um, so our finished puzzle includes Computer Chess, and we also talked about Trash Humpers. We squeezed that in there. Uh, Desperate Living, Reanimator, Frankenhooker, Las Vegas Bloodbath, Dead Alive, Psycho, and Street Trash. So uh, good little 
list of movies there. Yeah. Um, so That's one hell of a stew. Put it in a film festival, maybe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, normally we would uh, go into our closing thoughts on the regular episodes of the podcast, but let's bring Michael Keane out. That way we could talk to him for a little bit. Michael Keane. How's it going, man? Oh, y'all are going to disappoint a lot of people. <laughs> Get that uh, comfy for you there. Ooh, there you go. Tall man. Nice. I like Big old it. Guy. All right. Well, you know, I just want to say this. I just met Michael for the first time uh, just before the screening, and uh, so we're not like friends going back a long time or anything. So just know I'm not saying this just to say this, but as I was watching this movie, the moment where I was like, like, oh, okay, I, I'm digging this. Is when you showed up. I just your, your character is just like uh, definitely. I was, I was, I was in at that point. You know. Yeah, Vern's great. Um, that's actually uh, side note. Um, Vern is the dumbest joke in the entire movie. <laughs> it's so Not because of any of the reasons you saw. Um, yeah. So I do uh, DragonCon TV back in Atlanta every year, um, and one year I did a sketch for the show because um, we just needed to fill time. And it was about the uh, lion sculpture. Actually, are they lions? Sure. I don't know. Uh, they look like lions. <laughs> lion sculptures uh, outside of the Marriott in uh, uh, the Peachtree area in Atlanta. And uh, the gag was that there was this guy whose name was, um, last name was Depoulion. <laughs> um, and it was just this really long, nonsensical thing. And I was like, I'm going to put that in the movie. Yeah. And so Vern de Pouillon was born. And uh, Yeah, that name know. got a pretty big laugh during the screening. I was... Uh, I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so let's jump in um, to some of these pieces we were talking about. And then we might have a few other questions for you along the way. But, um, I mean, just starting right from the top, computer chess. I hadn't seen that. Have you seen computer chess? I have not chess? seen computer chess. No. I've heard about it. I remember when it was making the rounds and it sounded really good. Yeah. And like many of those films, I just never got around to it. Good pull, Josh Bell. But good, yeah, good pull. <laughs> Thank you. I, I plan on, I'm going to, it's top of my queue now. So nice. It's something. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, what about Desperate Living, John Waters? Uh, desperate, so um, I would, it's, uh, with John Waters, it's kind of a blanket mm-hmm. thing where it's just John Waters in general has always inspired me a lot. I always appreciated how, um, and Multiple Maniacs, I guess, is probably the best example of this, but Desperate Living is as well, Multiple, uh, Multiple Maniacs is. Uh, or sorry, uh, Pink Flamingos is. Sure. Um, but it's this sense of it doesn't actually matter if you don't have what it like what it takes financially to make a movie. Mm-hmm. If you can pull together your resources and really utilize who you are as a person and your kind of freaky side, and just make the fucking movie, then in theory it'll turn out pretty well because you'll at least get that passion. And that's what I like about John Waters movies in general is it has this gross weird passion that um it feels very genuine um there's something very sweet a lot about a lot of his characters basically any character played by divine automatically has like a certain sweetness to her yeah um and so yeah desperate living certainly is one of them so a quick question regarding that um that kind of aesthetic is that what you set out to do in the first place with the movie, or is it once you were putting the movie together, it kind of landed in that that aesthetic? Um, like the John Waters aesthetic, or just the general? The the, the kind of just you know do what you can with yourself and oh, your yeah. personality and all that. Yeah, I um, so my first movie uh, called Fatal Future is a um, it's a it's my attempt at making sort of a Neil Breen esque movie. Which if you don't know who Neil Breen is, uh, you have a computer. 
but um, <laughs> so part of that was uh, he's one of those filmmakers who not uh, like John Waters in a very sort of sort of <laughs> like John Waters, uh, where he doesn't really have those financial resources, but he just makes what he wants to make. Yeah, and he's garnered a fan base because it feels like someone's making something that they want to make that's you know part of them. Um, and part of that experience and part of the um, kind of approach to Fatal Future was that we wanted to make something that um, uh, felt like you were uh, taking your resources and just plopping them out there. Were there a lot of resources involved in this? Nope. <laughs> Not a bit. Uh, there's a lot of savers. I, uh, sure. I think I've kept savers afloat at this point. Um, the uh, Actually, the head... Oddly enough, it was just my my best friend in the world, Cheryl, uh, not the actress Cheryl, but from back home. She gave me uh, that mannequin head randomly. I don't even know why, but she gave it to me. And then when I was trying to come up with a concept years ago for a movie, I stumbled upon it and I kind of wrote a treatment for something that was similar to this. Yeah. Um, and then a while later, uh, after we did Fatal Future, uh, I was looking around more and I found the head again. I was like, this needs to be made. So post-movie, does the head, like, just sitting there in your house, I'm assuming, does it have, like, a new, like, meaning when you see it, when you, like, walk by it or something? It's, it's like a trophy, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's on a bookcase in my office, and it, it's just one of those, like, mementos from nice. another project done. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, let's go to another one that we brought up, Reanimator. Uh, I mean, Reanimator has to be... A big inspiration, or a big, yeah, for, I mean, a big inspiration for the head, if only because it was a big inspiration for me growing up. I remember uh, I was a PA on a, a movie in Charleston once, and I, I just lost the name, but it doesn't matter. You've never heard of it. Um, <laughs> and the director had, had worked on Reanimator, and I broke the cardinal rule of being a PA, which is at lunch, I went up to him, and he was talking to his, you know, producers or whatever, and I was like, ah. Oh, so, um, what's, uh, what's Charles Band like? <laughs> and, uh, that, yeah, that was awkward. Um, but, I mean, it's one of those, like, formative moments where I, I got Reanimator. I remember, I think it was the original DVD release, maybe, uh, that I first saw it. And it just blew my goddamn mind. Sure. And I was actually, that's my first Lovecraft movie, too, actually, come to think of it. Nice. Um, and, yeah, I, um... It's it's in there. We made a few jokes about that scene in like when we were making the movie. I don't know that it was part of the writing process. Um, I think that was just I thought it'd be funny if the head blew a guy. Sure, sure. Um, and ate out a chick. <laughs> I shouldn't talk too much about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, another one, uh, one that I hadn't seen, but that Drew brought up, uh, that Las Vegas bloodbath. Is that something you were aware of? I have not seen Las Vegas bloodbath. I've heard about it. Um, I just never have gotten around to seeing it. Um, I, I didn't hear anything particularly great that like propelled me to like take the extra steps. <laughs> Should I take the extra Is steps? Is it a brilliant piece of art? No. <laughs> not at all. You said oil wrestling. Like that seems... Yeah. And I mean, here, this, this will either sell you on it or you'll decide not to watch it. There is a scene where the, where the protagonist... Um, <laughs> Kills a pregnant woman, cuts the fetus out of her stomach, and throws it against a wall. I'm in. And I think for most people that would 
end the discussion. Sounds pretty great. But the fact that somebody would make that movie, I think, might propel you to want to watch it. Well, sign up for our Patreon, and the four of us will sit around and watch it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I have it at my house. Do you have it on VHS? No. I don't know. I wish I did. (laughs) Can I borrow that? It's only available on weird bootleg DVDs. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to borrow that. You can borrow it. Sweet. Maybe you shouldn't watch it with your pregnant wife. (laughs) (laughs) Should be fine. (laughs) Well... I'm going to bring up two more before we get to any that you think uh, that maybe we missed. Um, first up was uh, Dead Alive. Dead Alive is another formative one. Um, that was, I, I don't know if, I feel like there has to be a lot of people now who go back to early Peter Jackson and it just like destroys them. Right. Uh, <laughs> and that was one, I think that was the first early Peter Jackson I saw. I think that from there I, I saw the rest. But um, it, uh, it's one I'd heard about a lot. You know, you hear all, all the time, like, oh, the most blood ever used in a scene right, or a horror yeah. movie. Uh, and it was like this legendary thing. And then finally I got my fucking mitts on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Can we curse on the show? I, yes. Okay. I, I totally <laughs> just fucking shit. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I finally got my fucking mitts on it. And <laughs> it, you know, again, just blew my mind. And I, I love the, the sense of humor of early Peter Jackson. I mean, it still comes out here and there in his uh, newer movies, but not nearly as much as it should. Sure. Um, and it again, he is, early Peter Jackson is again one of those filmmakers who just fucking did his thing, man. You know, he loves special effects, and he loves messing with people by just putting on these bizarre gore shows and just doing things with a fake human body that you probably shouldn't do. <laughs> um, I always think of him with his, uh, like, piece of his head falling off. Oh, and, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Oh shoot! What's the oh, my brain's just falling apart? The first one, the bad taste. Bad taste. Bad taste yeah. um, like that. That's one that stays with me. Is him running around with his head half falling off in bad taste? Uh, I sometimes feel like uh, I hate this, but sometimes I feel like those movies, seeing them when I was I don't know, probably like fourteen or something like that, they kind of like ruined me for horror comedy. Where it's like I want everything to be that completely insane yeah there'll, there'll never be another oh i kick ass for the lord <laughs> yeah. like it just you see it once and it's just like fuck i can't nothing's ever gonna stand up to that <laughs> I... so yeah when you get glimpses of that in movies it's uh it's a beautiful thing mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> uh so and then the last one i'll bring up that was brought up in our conversation is psycho I mean, it's it's psycho. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, you've seen, all... So you've seen it. <laughs> uh, Vince Vaughn. Yeah, Vince Vaughn is amazing <laughs> as Norman Bates. Uh, when he's jerking off against the wall, that's actually probably my greatest inspiration in, mm-hmm. in cinema. Well, there's there's um, there's some jerking off against a wall similarities going yeah. on in this movie. So. Yeah, I yeah. I love so I I love and I think this goes back to kind of John Waters stuff. I love taboos. Mm-hmm. And actually, you know what? It goes it does go to Psycho because uh, Alfred Hitchcock loved fucking with taboos. Um, obviously, there's the uh, the uh, oft talked about toilet flushing bit in Psycho, and how that was like a big big thing. You didn't see toilets flushing at the time. Yeah, uh, and I I love putting like there's there's a there's a penis in the film. Um, there's not much of a penis, but there's a penis. <laughs> and uh, what a horrible thing to say about that poor actor. <laughs> He'll be fine. We talk about it all the time. Um, and he's yeah. He, that's a Jeremy Bice who plays Thunder. He would he would do the singing asshole bit from Pink Flamingos in a heartbeat if I asked him to. <laughs> um, but uh, I love putting in things that make people uncomfortable, mostly because I don't know why it is. Uh, it's not my mom's fault. She always asks if it's her <laughs> fault. It's not. I don't know what the fucking problem is with me. It's probably because I watch RoboCop at six. I don't know. But um, 
people they get weirded out by masturbation they get weirded out by dicks um going down on chicks will get an nc-17 or at least it used to yeah um you know all these things basically anything that's not like basic bitch sex mm-hmm. is is very taboo very taboo um and we almost had more penises actually but i couldn't narratively fit the penises <laughs> in uh it's challenging. Yeah, but also the the jerking off. I thought it'd be funny to have a jerking off bit, and it's it was a easy sound to do too. It's so it's so easy. You never um, thought you'd have that in your podcast, did you? Yeah, that, now you yeah. have that sound yeah. in your podcast. I'm cut that out and use it in future episodes when necessary. Uh, what does your mom think of the movie? Uh, I don't even think she's seen my first movie yet. She has a. Co- I remember I, I I went to visit them and I ordered a copy off of Amazon. Yeah. Because I knew they weren't going to stream it, so I, I ordered a DVD. I, I last time I went, it was still there on the table. Un, it was still wrapped. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, you know, she's proud, sure, to some degree. But I, I might try to force her to watch this one when she comes to visit. Nice, nice. I'm a bad son. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, why don't we get some of your puzzle pieces? What 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 inspired you that we didn't bring up? I'm. Honestly, a little shocked. Uh, first off, Street Trash is a very good pull, Drew. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that it directly influenced the movie, but it definitely is one of those movies that like bolstered my aesthetic. So thank you for bringing that up. But I'm shocked and appalled that none of you brought up Maniac. I haven't seen Maniac. You haven't seen Maniac? Josh, come on. I'm sorry. I mean, you'll probably hate it, but I'm Josh, come on. <laughs> it was on my list. I made a list, and Maniac was on my list has fucking mannequins. It does have mannequins. Sure. He uh, visualizes the mannequins coming to life. True. Uh, it's about a guy who goes around killing women. But uh, it's so mean-spirited. It is and, very mean-spirited. And this isn't. So I think that's I, what moved it down on my list, just far enough that it didn't get mentioned. I appreciate that. I would argue that this movie is very mean-spirited. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil it on this podcast, because I doubt anyone who's listening has seen the movie yet, but... There is a scene near the end where something happens to one of the characters that is really awful. Um, and I'm sure that I will have plenty of people very angry at me who see this movie when they see the scene because it is, let's say, disrespectful to that character. So I would argue that while the whole movie is not terribly uh, mean-spirited, there's some very mean-spirited stuff. And then Shelley, which again, I'm not going to... But Shelley... Yeah. That, that sucks, man. Like, <laughs> um, it's also, it's a film about, um, as I said, I said this during the Q&A, uh, but it's sort of about like that sort of, not quite incel, because I don't think that's really what Peter is, but that kind of um, men who think they deserve more than they really do, um, who see women as objects. Uh, there's a lot of that that kind of informed the script and the character. Um, another reason that I can never understand why people sympathize with Peter so much, but every screening they always do. So <laughs> great, I guess. Um, it's probably Danny's cute face. Yeah. Uh, but Maniac was a, a big one. Uh, as far as the actual shot and video stuff, um, Blood Colts is, was a big one early on. Blood Colts, it, it, it's always touted as the first shot on video horror movie. It's not, but it is, it's, it's early days. Um, mm. And it was, the first like professional shot on video it was shot on I think beta I think it was beta SP um, and it was shot by a professional company that uh, did mostly commercials at the time 
and it's literally a it's about a blood cult. I don't know. Sure. Um, <laughs> and there's a lot of that going into it. Uh, a little bit of Sledgehammer. That's really the one that's more the one of the first uh, shot on video horror movies. Sledgehammer is not great. <laughs> it's not a very good movie, uh, but there is something about its aesthetic that informed me a lot. Uh, beyond those, the two big ones that are not super apparent in the movie, but are definitely the ones I went back to the most when I was working on it. Uh, one was Blonde Death, uh, which that's available through, um, oh shoot. Is it Mondo? Yeah. 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 Um, it's through Mondo. Uh, this was a film shot in, oh, I wish I had the date. It was mid 80s. Mm. Um, and it was this guy who he uh, was a novelist and he decided to write a movie and honestly it's it's so it's a mix it's there's so many mixes of like family dynamics uh cruelty mean-spiritedness comedy and domestic drama and sort of layered over a kind of body and clyde story that it just like this when i watched it, it just it was exactly what i wanted from the sort of shot on video horror subgenre right. um and blonde that's it's not really a horror movie it's uh, i don't even know what you'd call it <laughs> to be honest have you seen that josh you, you would know no i mean i knew about it like i you know drew talked about cheating and i didn't want to mention it because a i haven't seen it it is i mean it's available on mondo but the only way to get it is to buy a you know 15 sure. dvd and get it in the mail worth which it. i didn't have time for worth it um <laughs> but i mean i when when i interviewed michael when i wrote about uh fatal future i know we had talked about it and he'd mentioned it so i certainly had not heard of it before that but thanks to thanks to michael i had heard of it and um but i still haven't seen it true you a fan of that movie i actually own the dvd i got it from draft house films from mondo uh, just based on the title and the back cover alone, but I haven't watched it yet. You pussy. I know. <laughs> Let, let's watch it together I'm one in, night, please, because I've never seen it. Yeah. So, let's yeah. watch it. That yeah. sounds fun. Yeah, I, I highly recommend Blonde Death. It's, if it was shot on film, it would be a cult classic. To, oh, I mean, it's already technically a cult classic, I guess, but it would be a big cult classic if it was shot on film. But because it was sure. shot on VHS, nobody you know gives a shit, Yeah, uh, which is very sad. It also it preempted... Um, uh, Escape from Tomorrow, uh, by actually shooting at Disney. Um, which one's <laughs> the California one? I'm not good at Disney. Disneyland. Yeah, Disneyland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah shot at Disneyland, um, partially, not the whole thing, but it. There's a good chunk that is very memorable, uh, and leads to some real fucked up shit. Wow. Uh, that I I ugh, just love. I'm gonna, I might go home and watch it tonight just because I love it so much. <laughs> they must have uh, some paperwork like like stacked away somewhere like I can't believe we signed off on this like you know, oh like, no they didn't they sign off on anything yeah, yeah. No, no yeah it was nothing. 100% uh, yeah. gorilla yeah um, it is it, and I, another big thing production wise was you could tell there was no money it yeah. was just we're gonna shoot this movie and I know some actors because it's you know it was in LA uh, let's do it there's even uh, there's a great predatory lesbian uh, with an eye patch and if that doesn't sell you if the predatory lesbian with an eye patch doesn't sell you on a fucking movie I don't know what, what is uh, but uh, beyond that uh, possibly in Michigan is my other big one um, which if you watch it it's on YouTube uh, for some reason the director's name is like completely not in my noggin right now and I feel bad about that I'm a piece of shit but again you all have Google you're probably listening to this on a phone Google it possibly in Michigan uh, shot on video uh, I think 
Oh, I want to say late '80s, but I'm 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 really bad tonight. I apologize. Or just go to Mike, just go to Michael's house because it's on a loop <laughs> in Michael's house. I showed it to a lot of the cast and crew. Address yeah. in the show notes. Yeah, most people have seen it uh, that worked on the movie, uh, and it is this kind of it's a short film. It's very brief. Uh, has a lot of I don't even know how to describe what what goes on. Uh, there's a lot of obviously feminist stuff in there, which there is. I tried to make the head a feminist movie. Sure. I don't know how well I succeeded at that. Um, there's a lot of stuff in there that's written by my wife that is probably the most misogynistic <laughs> stuff in the movie, like the whole tampon salesman thing. Uh, that's that's her. That's her big crown jewel is two dudes talking about tampons and how companies run by women aren't terribly good. Well, that's interesting. That ties in something you were talking about earlier, the whole incel angle of like the character. Like it, it's, there really is like, like pretty shitty, you know, people. And it's, it's a, uh, it's an interesting take on that whole, that whole subculture, I guess you would call it of people. Yeah. 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 And again, like Peter's, I wouldn't call Peter an actual incel, mm-hmm. um, but it, gets very close sure. uh, to that. And it, it really is about examining that um, man-child view of the right, world. Right. Um, you know, he's, you know, in his 30s, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> and still living with his mother. You know, she's feeding him all this protein, and he's just this, like, gross piece of shit. Danny, you're not gross too much, but... It's all true. It's all true. <laughs> <laughs> um, and... Uh, yeah, I wanted to uh, to get that, you know, idea across. So that was the kind of feminist angle. Um, but possibly Michigan also has a lot of visuals that they're not. I try not to like rip off visuals from anything. Sure. Uh, I did that literally once in Fatal Future. There's one shot that we stole from Double Down, um, which you should watch if you can get a hold of it, which is a giant pain in the ass. Um, and beyond that, I really tried to not do that. And then after that, that's like the one scene where I'm like, every time I rewatch the movie, I'm like, ah, oh, it's, it's just so on the nose. So for right. this one, I, I try not to rip off anything too much, but I did, there's a lot of um, uh, emotionless kind of masks in possibly Michigan that kind of feel like mannequins. Mm-hmm. And that um, influenced us a lot. And just kind of the... Um, uh, kind of experimental narrative that it is. Uh, I didn't want to follow too close to a standard narrative, uh, if only because shot on VHS, when it's boring, is really fucking boring. <laughs> and so I figured if we just like kept just going every which way, yeah. then in theory, people would stay entertained because we're constantly bouncing back and forth. And- there's a lot of like genres, like every, you know, it's like there's the cop stuff, there's the, there's, there's a lot of different things, the music, you know, scenes, there's just so much happening. Oh know? yeah, the cops, I miss, I'm one, one thing I'm kind of sad about is uh, we were editing while we were shooting mm-hmm. and the cop stuff, there was a lot more cop stuff. There was actually a whole chase scene with Drew's character and uh, Charles's character, um, uh, Detective Perkins. And there was a whole th- subplot of him and his boss, and him and Detective Laramie, who's this total douchebag. And um, I had this. I actually, I, I bought the hat. And I feel like such an idiot. Um, there was a scene that we were going to shoot where uh, Laramie comes into the office and he's wearing a MAGA hat, and you just have uh, Charles, who's black, uh, like just stare him down for <laughs> a minute, just like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Um, it was a great joke, um, and we cut basically all of it. And turned it into a gag at the end where they're 
recapping all these things that happened, but you never saw it because it's not about the police story. And that was kind of what we realized during the edit was all this police shit is completely, <laughs> uh, you know, just devoid of the actual narrative. So sure. um, we cut it, and now it's a dumb gag. But there's some good jokes in that whole part, so it's all good. <laughs> dank as the kids say dank af they do actually yes, say that from what i've heard uh do you guys have any uh questions for him before we uh wrap it up i this isn't a question for michael i suppose but i'm just really shocked there was a film that was would have been at the top of my list but i figured between the two of you it would have definitely gotten mentioned and it didn't which was um little shop of horrors it was on my list oh, as well. Yeah. yeah, no, that's I hadn't thought of that, but that makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah, it just it was like one of the first things to come to my mind when thinking about it as puzzle pieces. But then I thought it was low hanging fruit, so I wasn't <laughs> going to use it, and then it didn't even get mentioned. We're all about low hanging so, fruit on this podcast, yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, no, I I ended up going dead alive instead. I was thinking between the two of those to to bring up often so. paired together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Two very I, similar. That's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah, I I didn't think of it when we were writing it, but um, someone in the Q and A. Uh, earlier mentioned it and I uh, I did realize it halfway through shooting um, and it it, it 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 bothered me a little because I was like look I, I really thought about it once it came out and I was like fuck it really is a lot like Little Shop of Horrors <laughs> but most people haven't seen the original and only think of the musical and this isn't technically a musical so maybe I'll get away with it and then you fuck you motherfucker Drew you brought it up here <laughs> how dare you and now it's out there the forever movie. hey it's a compliment. Don't worry. People are going to hear this, and then they're going to go watch possibly Michigan and forget everything that happened. <laughs> and they're going to go, what the fuck? If there was a way that I could see people's faces in their homes when they Google possibly Michigan and watch that, I'd, I would pay good money. I would, I would subscribe to that Twitch channel. Yeah, sure. yeah. It's gonna... Do you subscribe to Twitch channels? I'm bad. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm stuck I in analog. I don't know. Yeah, none of us know. Josh, any uh, any question or any any final comment? Um, I have seen possibly in Michigan. I will yeah. say that. Uh, thanks again to to speaking with Michael, and that was because that's so much easier to get than Blonde mm -hmm. Death, and it's also like ten minutes long. Yeah, um, it's, but it's a couple you, clicks away. Yeah, you can easily get it on on YouTube, and and I didn't mention it. I think partially because I knew it was such a big deal for you, and that I'm you'd bring it up. But I, I guess I was thinking that this movie is a little less experimental yeah uh, it has more of a narrative but um did you did you think about making it even more kind of avant-garde when you were editing i thought about it um my so my brain doesn't really work in that specific way i i kind of have to have my little tropes and a semblance of narrative it, it's just not how my brain works yeah like i love i love experimental uh filmmaking um i love watching it I'm not great at it. Uh, I if I do it, it turns into like a parody type thing, which isn't what I was really going for. Um, so, you know, it. I definitely thought about it, just couldn't do it. Right on. Well, uh, I I think uh, you know I think that about does it for talking about the head. I think. I don't know. I think this was a lot of fun talking about it and talking about all the inspirations. What are you doing now that the, like, I'm assuming you're uh, working on getting distribution for it right now? Or? Yeah, we're, uh, there's a company that we actually, um, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna say anything specific sure. wise because you never know, things can fall through. But yeah, um, we're about 90% uh, toward a, uh, a distribution deal with a company that's uh, wide reaching, I'll say. 
Great. And um, it was crazy because they actually came to me because uh, it was someone I follow on Twitter who we talk sometimes and one thing led to another and bada bing bada boom I'm you know in this email chain and I get a contract sent to me and and all that so distribution is pretty much good to go um, and I thought about honestly going with Troma because mm-hmm. uh, I figured they'd probably do it but there was an aspect to this other distribution deal that I like more um, because it saves me a lot of money uh, <laughs> on VHS duplication nice uh, but uh Beyond that, I mean, just gotta make the. Did you did you ask about my next project, or was it just the I, distribution? I, I, I was totally actually just, about to follow it up okay. with that. So, yeah, I, yeah, I'm very tired, so I'm just like, <laughs> oh fuck, what did he ask? I, I feel like I haven't answered like half the questions you, oh, no, uh, you're, today because I'm just like all you're over killing the place. it. You're killing it. Um, so next up, uh, I am working with Drew on his uh, Twelve Deaths of Christmas thing. Um, working on that script that we're going to shoot probably beginning of next month. Uh, I was planning on my next project being in 4K and being shot like a normal goddamn movie. <laughs> but he wanted me to shoot on video again. So you're welcome. Here we are, uh, which is fine. Um, I'm hoping that we'll shoot on beta, which is I'm really excited about. Because that's what I, I really wanted to shoot the head on beta, and I just couldn't make it work. We got a bunch of different cameras, and they all immediately just like fritzed out and... and <laughs> didn't work and so it became okay consumer grade vhs it is <laughs> uh but after that um i have a project that i won't name just because you never know what's gonna happen but uh it's a bit more of a i don't know kind of jekyll and hyde maniac type mix with um there's obviously some inanimate objects that do some fucked up shit because that's kind of my mo now um but uh, I'm really excited about that one. And then uh, I have another... I'm, I'm hoping that 2020 is the year of two movies for me. Nice. Because uh, I have two projects I'd really like to get done before the end of the year. Uh, one of them to show at Dragon Con because I kind of totally fucked everyone and showed Fatal Future for the second time in a row. And I feel like that wasn't the, the best thing to do <laughs> to people. Um, my movie is Double as Torture. So uh, any parents <laughs> out there who, who really want to... You know, show the kids who's boss. It's on Amazon Prime. <laughs> well, for the people listening at home, where can people find uh, find your stuff online? Uh, so Fatal Futures on Amazon Prime. That's an easy one to, to see. Uh, fair warning, it is, again, based on Neil Breen. Um, basically, if you enjoy really, really uh, so-called bad movies, I don't... I, I hate the term bad movies, but there's, that's kind of what they are. Um, <laughs> kind of... Uh, technically challenged camp, then uh, you'll, like you'll probably enjoy Fatal Future. If you don't like technically challenged camp, then don't watch it. That's a bad idea. I don't need another one star on Amazon. Thank you. <laughs> Got plenty. I'm, I'm all full up on one stars. Uh, the head will hit distribution at some point, uh, either near the end of this year or beginning of next. I don't know exactly what's going on there, but it'll be on, I assume, a bunch of streaming platforms as well. Uh, not Netflix. Just going to... Not Netflix, but uh, it'll probably be on Amazon as well. Uh, just keep an eye out for it. And uh, you can follow uh, us on Facebook. It's uh, Manatee Party Films. Uh, like a bunch of manatees having a party. Manatee Party. Uh, That's how I would have yeah. said it right there, too. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm on Twitter, at Michael Keen. And you can always... I'll, I'll post about my stuff and other things and pictures of my dog's butthole. And, uh, you know, if you're into that sort of thing, 
and uh, give me a follow. Beautiful. Josh. What? Oh. Hey. Hi. Why don't you plug your stuff for the plug people the at home? Stuff. All yeah. right. What do you What do you got going on? I've got movie reviews going on all over the place. You can uh, go to joshbellhateseverything.com. You can find me on Facebook at Josh Bell Hates Everything and follow me on Twitter at Signalbleed. And don't you have a podcast? Oh, do I have a podcast? You do yeah, have a podcast. I, yeah, you can also listen to <laughs> my po- <laughs> podcast called Awesome Movie Year that I co-host with comedian Jason Harris, and that is produced by David Rosen. And that's at awesomemovieyear.com or Awesome Movie Year wherever you find podcasts. And uh, we take a look back at a different year in movies. Each season, we are, depending on when this comes out, just finishing up our season on the films of 1994, and we'll have a new season coming on the films of 2007. Check it out. Thanks for reminding me about that. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> that's that's what a good producer does. Yes. Uh, so you jump true. from 94 to 2007? Yeah, I mean, we're not going in chronological order. Okay. We're just looking at what is interesting to us okay. and kind of taking in the whole of film history. Nice. Thank you. Yeah, that's cool. It's a fun show. Well, I don't have a podcast to plug. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, maybe by the time this comes out, I'll have, we'll have one. <laughs> Everyone does yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. Drew, we should we should we should start a podcast. Let's do it. Okay, you can find it at Manatee Party. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I, I do have a. Uh, I did make a a movie called Pool Party Massacre, and you can find that on poolpartymassacre.com. And we're crowdfunding a sequel right now as we speak. It's already fully funded, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't go there and buy the perk where you get to be an extra in the bondage party or make love to a real porn star on camera. Those are some great perks That's a perk. that are currently available. Not real love. Sorry. There's a disclaimer <laughs> on the Indiegogo. Make fake love to yes. a real porn star. Yes. Okay. Yes. You or get to be in a, a love scene. Is there shunting in the bondage scene? <laughs> oh, my God. There will be. That movie I, I watched shunting. in prep for this, but then I felt like it wasn't relevant. Oh, society's very relevant. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I love I the shunting. I showed that for another project, but I showed the shunting scene to uh, my DP, and he was oh like, nope. God. Yeah. <laughs> That's the right response to that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk more about that off the air. Yeah. Um, Sounds like a plan. But yeah, yeah. Poolpartymassacre.com, all the social medias at Drew Marvick. Or just go outside. <laughs> Maybe see, you'll run see, into see the world. And Sin City Horror Fest. Oh yeah, wait. <laughs> come to Sin Well, by the time you listen to this, it'll be over. But next year, Sin City Horror Fest part four. This time it's personal. Part fours are usually yes. really good. So. Sin City Horror Fest, The Revenge. Um, yeah, we'll be back next year. So you can follow us, uh, Sin City Horror Fest, on um, Instagram and Facebook or at SinCityHorrorFest.com to get more information on submitting your film, coming and watching films that have been submitted, or submitting your time to us to help us watch submitted films. I don't know. I had I was trying to go somewhere with that. I'm gonna let you go as long as you want. So <laughs> that's all. That's all I got. <laughs> all right. Well, this was great, you guys. Uh, everybody, thank you so much for being here. Uh, this is uh, this was great. And Michael, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Hooray! I mean that in the most sexual way possible.
Hey, I'm Josh Bell. I'm Jason Harris. Hey, Josh, we're friends in real life, but we're also co-hosts on this new podcast called Awesome Movie Year, where we take a look back at an awesome year for movies and do a deep dive looking at movies, including the best picture winner, the biggest movie at the box office, future cult classics, and more. Including the biggest flop. And this season, we're doing 1994. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. That could be Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. We're all over the web as well. That awesome movie year on all the socials and awesomemovieyear.com. So please like us, subscribe. And uh, if you do like us, give us a five-star rating because we love you. All right. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation about The Head, our first ever live episode. I, of course, want to thank Michael Keane for being there and also my co-hosts, Josh Bell and Drew Marvick. And also, I want to thank uh, the guys from Sin City Horror Fest for having me out. Of course, that's Drew Marvick as well. Um, And also Mike Lanzini and Darren Flores and the rest of the team who put the uh, awesome festival together. Uh, Just, it was a real blast. And it's something I want to continue to do with the show. I want to try to do, you know, at least, I don't know, one a month or every other month maybe of these live shows going forward. Uh, I don't see why not. I think that there is plenty of opportunity to do these kind of things and uh, just, you know, get out there and get in front of a crowd and talk about movies. And maybe we'll start getting some audience interaction, participation, get some puzzle pieces from the crowd. I think stuff like that could be a lot of fun. So uh, that does it for today, though. Again, if you're new to the show, if you just found out about it because of this live episode or uh, you were at Sin City Horror Fest or something, we'd love to hear what you think. Uh, you can connect with us on social media at PiecingPod or join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. And of course, we are a podcast, so uh, rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts, five stars is the best thing in the world that you can do for us. I mean, I don't know if that's true. That's what I've been told. Uh, We also have a Patreon, but we haven't really started setting it up yet. But you can go support us on Patreon if you really want to. So, uh, yeah, that does it for today. Let's leave you guys with a piece of music like we always do on this podcast. Uh, Let's go with something dark and creepy and all that because of the, the Sin City Horror Fest vibe and the head vibe. Uh, let's go with this track called Dead Battery from my album An Unseen Sky. Uh, this is a, uh, pretty dark track, so enjoy this one, and we will be back with more in the studio piecing it together coming up soon, uh, but we'll have another live one pretty soon as well, so thanks for listening, and thanks for being out there.
and All Points West. <laughs>